Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in. We are live. This is Bears Over Beers. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer from Windy City Gridiron. On the other side of the screen, oh, other side of the screen, that's EJ Snyder. You know, it's you're on this side. But I got a mirror. Trust me, I do it all the time. I'm like, right. I never tried. There. I never tried to point, but that, but uh, yeah, that that's EJ Snyder over there. Uh, he is. Uh, he's a he's a bit of a draft guy. A bit of a draft nick. So, uh, you know, we ask him draft questions sometimes. But today, my friend, today plenty going on in the bears organizations that we don't have to talk about the draft much we get to talk about some of the insanity going on at hallis hall some interesting <laughs> some bad some uh i don't know uh enough for us to at least discuss a little bit more so let's let's get our beverages going because that's what we do around here that's what do you drink around here yeah no we we need beverages tonight because we, need beverages. we are not we are not short of content and content is coming from Hallis Hall dysfunction. So um, I'm going to try and not work blue. This is Fremont blue. Okay. Um, pale ale. It's a new pale ale for them. I love Fremont brewery right up out of Seattle. Um, I enjoy most of their beers. I'd not seen this one. Beautiful can. Um, and yeah, I, I typically don't work blue on this show. So I'm just going to work this blue. We what do, do you try have? to not swear on this show? Although I try off camera, right? Like the, <laughs> we stop and you know, it's, it's a lot of swearing. So just, just know that in my normal life, I swear a lot, but we try to keep it clean, right? Like that's, that's important. You know, keep, try to keep it clean. Yeah. Uh, you know, our, our, our buddy Rob from Twitter at Rob Van Kamen came in. Hopefully I'm saying that somewhat right. He wanted to know what we're drinking. Of course, that's how we start off the show. Easy way for you to get your name on the show, Rob, but uh, well played. He, he he tweeted a picture of a bottle of bourbon that he recently popped. It was the bullet full proof bullet. Yeah. Uh, so barrel, barrel strength, single barrel type deal. Go ahead and do that. Send us the pictures of what you guys are drinking. We, we'd love to see that stuff. Um, I'm bringing on uh, a bottle that I got in New York. Ooh, yeah. This is a full proof 1792. Very difficult to find. This was a store pick that I found in New York city and I had never actually seen it for, uh, you know, a, a reasonable price. And yeah. so I carried it around New York City on one of my days there. Uh, and That's awesome. Because <laughs> I was like, I have to get this. It was like 60, 60 bucks, 65 bucks. That's it? it? This is what I'm saying. For, for the foolproof, it's impossible wow. to find. And I was like, I'm yeah. impressed. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah. That's a tough bottle to find. And I certainly wouldn't have expected a price in the 60s. I would have started it at the 80s, especially in New, New York, York City. City. Yeah. But I, I love the image of JB walking around <laughs> New York City with <laughs> Bourbon. like how's I mean, your like, day going pal like i got the whole bottle that's how it's going 
I definitely bought it at around lunch too. I mean, there was hours that I was carrying that thing, but I was like, I'm not passing this thing up. It was fantastic. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, all right. Well, well, cheers to you. And let, let's talk about, let's cheers. talk about the big, let's talk about the big thing. We, we got some other things to talk about. Let's talk about the big thing. The Chicago bears send their 2024 second round draft pick to the Washington commanders for defensive end edge defender Montez sweat. Uh, we got a lot to talk about here. Um, let's first talk about the player sweat. He's, uh, entering his prime years, right? He's not the youngest player in the league, but as a defensive end, he's, he's entering his prime good football player. I want you to kind of go back to what you saw looking at him coming out in the draft from Mississippi state and maybe what you saw from him in his early development, where he is as a player now. Yeah, the most important thing with Sweat is he is what you want as an edge rusher in the NFL because there's there's a lot of good edges or defensive ends. I tend to think of those positions differently. Some people lump them together. Um, what you need to succeed in the NFL at that position is a fairly narrow window, more narrow than I think a lot of the physical profiles for a lot of other positions. If you do not have speed, uh, essentially at a certain level, you will not succeed. Like the stats are very clear about that. If you are slow, you're not going to win. He is not slow. He's fast. He also has a very good frame. Sometimes you get faster guys that are a little bit smaller or have a little bit shorter arms. He is not small, nor does he have short arms. So he has long arms, which is very important. If you don't understand the role that these players are trying to achieve. They are going against players with some of the longest arms on the field. They're going against offensive tackles more times than not. Power is nice, but if you can't reach them before they reach you, it's very much like boxing in terms of reach. You're going to lose that battle. So you can be fast and you can be technically refined and you can be powerful, but if you have short little arms, you're probably not going to be a great edge rusher either. The reason Sweat was so sought after, good frame, long arms, good speed, decent power, technically a little bit unrefined, but people will take that. They will take the raw pass rusher, and he was not completely raw. He had a good move coming out of college, which some people might say, that doesn't sound like much. That's a lot for a lot of college edge rushers. He did not have a ton of great counters, but counters are kind of things you can teach. There's a little bit of off-the-field stuff that followed him around. He didn't spend his entire time at one institution in college. There were was some talk about why he moved from one institution to another. I was not nearly as well tied in as I am now. I'm still not super well tied in, but I had no information about that stuff at the time. So I really just graded the tape and saw a great athlete who was productive in college already, which meant he was going to be a top edge rusher. Again, to get edge rushers, I don't care if you get them in the draft or free agency or trade, they're expensive because they're rare and you have to pay for them. They're, they're a lot like quarterbacks in that way. Like they don't come available very often in their prime. If they do, you're going to pay a premium price, whatever that price is, whether it's draft picks to move up and get them. If you wait until the second or third or fourth round, you're probably not going to get them. This is first round and round and a half material is where you find guys like this. So there was always going to be a premium. He's worth it. Like you said, he's not the oldest guy. He's, you know, there's a lot of different metrics for patch rushers right now. He's top 30 in the league, which means he's not necessarily <laughs> a true number one on a team. But if you're talking about two edge rushers per team, which is pretty typical these days, he's 
basically in the top half of that group. Totally fair. Um, I, we got a question from at Reese Lightning, which that's funny. I like that. Uh, yeah. He says, very excited about Sweat. Uh, what do you think of the price tag? Did this move signal that Poles is going to stick around after this season? So let's start with the price tag. So like you said, edge rushers are going to be expensive. Someone who has proven to be a, a good, consistent pass rusher. And let's, let's also mention one of the best run defenders in the league. Like that, that, that is one part of his game that's exceptional. So that's, I know it's a passing league and we, and we want to, the edge rushers to get after the passer, but this is also a fundamentally sound run defender as well. Um, you know, Mac was also like really good at defending the run. Like it's just important piece of, of defense is, is making sure you're setting the edge and, and able to stop the run as well. So let's make sure we give him credit there. But I, 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 I in a vacuum, this is what we have to define here in a vacuum. <laughs> it grades out. It's fine. Right. Like, He's a good football player. He's proven. He's entering his prime. You're gonna you're gonna pay a premium to be able to go and get that guy. You can look at other comps and say, you know, it, it's not a first for like that. The Dolphins paid for Chubb, right? Like that that they they paid a higher price tag for a player that I don't know. I think not that much difference in, in my mind. Um, you know the the rumors around Brian Burns, who's a, a tier above Sweat, but the rumors around Brian Burns trying to get traded to the the Rams for like multiple first round picks, and the Panthers said no, I'm not, we're not interested in that, right? You know Brian Burns is a very good player, young player. They want to build around him. They weren't going to let him go for for those what they consider probably late first round draft picks. Uh, maybe they would regret that now, given their timeline. But, but anyway, yes, these these guys cost right it, it, after quarterback. What are you going to pay up for? Well, it's probably edge defenders, right? They're probably the mm-hmm. second most valuable piece. Maybe a tackle. Uh, you know, the guys that are protecting that quarterback. But, but really, this is what you're talking about in terms of expensive premium position. Uh, you know, that your edge defender is that. So, in terms of in a vacuum, it's fine. But in a vacuum. The other half of this is he needs to be signed to an extension. Okay. So let, let's talk about that right now. Because <laughs> in a vacuum, if let's. you trade your second round pick, that's going to be, let's just say, pick 35 to 40, somewhere in that range. Let's say it is a premium investment. That is a day two, early day two pick. That is a premium investment. You you make that pick and he let's say he doesn't sign an extension. Well, you get nine games for him in a lost season. Uh, oh, well, you can just franchise tag him. Okay, one. Franchise tag. Players don't like it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now you have franchise tagged this individual. He's not going to like that. Uh, so, you, so you get him for one more season, or you want to do the double franchise, for franchise tag, you get him for two more seasons. Uh, okay. You also don't get to use that franchise tag on anybody else, right? You, you only get one of those. So, the, so now you have this situation where, oh, you just franchise tag him. Well, what about Jalen Johnson, who you've been trying to potentially extend as well? You can't use it on both, right? So now you've put yourself in this position without a contract where you're not going to necessarily get a lot of value out of that second round draft pick that you just traded in a time frame that you're not really competing in a year where your coach is fighting for his life, which I mean, most of us have already fired him. Um, the timelines don't, really sync up so in a vacuum is if he signs an extension i'm fine with it outside of the vacuum with all of the context of everything going on and all the the fire that's happening at hallis hall 
I'm kind of confused. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why you, why this move was made with everything else that's going on. I, I'll just say it as clearly as I can. If Montez Sweat does not sign an extension with the Bears, Pulse has to be fired. It's malpractice. It's it's GM malpractice. Yeah. You cannot give up a top 40 pick for a nine-game rental. Regardless of the player, I don't and even if you were in a Super Bowl window and you thought that player was going to put you over the top, there's there's the thinnest of arguments that you could make to say if we win the trophy, anything's worth it because that's the thing. Bears are clearly not in that position. Hundred percent, everybody knows that. To bring him on board without a contract structure already basically agreed to in place, ready to sign is scary business <laughs> because the chat saying yeah atlanta had a solid offer on the table for him montez sweat wanted to go to atlanta he's from the area he wanted to play there he doesn't have a no trade clause he doesn't have any say in that right his rights belong to washington and they were trading them to chicago but you talked about happiness with the franchise tag it's a thing if you allow the player to come in without a contract which I, I wouldn't do. I, I understand that there are logistical hurdles to overcome there, but you have to have the agreement and structure in place. If you bring him to Chicago without him signing that, in no way, ever, 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 can you let him say what he said to the media today, which is, I don't know, I'm going to look around. I'm going to see who's in the locker room. I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I don't care whether that's the case or not. With all of the optics, you cannot, 100% cannot allow that to happen. Like, A, he shouldn't be here without the contract. Pretty much nine-tenths agreed, like, hammering out the details, but we're going to sign it. And if that happens, cool. Like, you upgraded your team. You have a quality edge rusher you didn't have before. It was a crying need. You were either going to have to spend one of your very high draft picks to get it or overpay wildly in free agency some people in the chat saying why didn't he wait to free agency a he would have been in atlanta b you do there is an advantage to doing it now because you're signing the contract before the next wave of extensions and the price only goes up so if you wait for those extensions then that's the floor starting with your negotiation and yours is going to be higher so it's almost fully two tiers higher than what you're going to sign him at right now because he's setting the bar right now. So it's mid-level between what got signed last season and what's pre- presumptively going to get signed next season. So that's the reason you do it now. But you have to freaking sign it. That's the linchpin. You need it done. If, for whatever reason, he and his representation balk as a play to try and get a free agency offer from Atlanta or whatever else, and you lose him, he gets out of the barn done jam's gone like you you risked the biscuit and you lost you cannot 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 do that i mean again very clear if he doesn't sign an extension this is a loss if he it plays on a tag done and doesn't sign an extension eventually it is a loss like this you cannot spend a premium pick and not get multiple years out of that otherwise you just draft a guy and take the chance that he's a player and then you get that player for cheaper like yeah. this, this is a waste if it is for a year and a half or even two year and a half years. That's not what this is. That's not the window 
the bears are operating on. They need to sign this guy to an extension. Now, some of you might be freaking like, Oh, just wait, be patient. That's not really how this works. Like when <laughs> things happen, like these, these contracts are basically, Oh, we got a structure. We're just finalizing details. You know, we're, we're in agreement. You know, you have to have some surety here. And I made a poker reference earlier. Like this really felt like you were betting on the come. Like you were, you had a drawing hand. You had a couple cards in your hand. You need a couple cards to hit and you're willing to put chips in the middle on that. That's, that's dangerous. Like I would want to know that I have a ready-made hand to be able to put that kind of premium capital in the middle and bet it like that. It's, it's risky, right? So if he signs and particularly if he signs soon and uh, you know, all along there were, they were close and story comes out. Okay, great. But right now from what we're hearing does not feel like they had enough of those conversations to get a comfort level to know that he's interested in signing here. And right now he just sounds like he's disappointed. Um, and, and maybe that'll be something that washes away and, and he, he feels better in the long run, but I think he was probably pretty excited to go home, uh, and, and, and play, play at Atlanta. Right. Like, so that might be part of it, but, um, the second half of this question, did, did the move signal that polls is going to stick around after the season? I, I don't know. I, I mean, you, you probably don't in a normal functioning organization. Let's start there, which is not Chicago. A normal functioning organization would not let a general manager make a move at the trade deadline that would put uh, future capital, you know, at, at, that would use future capital, right? Like you would say, you know what? No, like we're we're just not sure where we're at. We want to we want to stand pat, right? Like a normal functioning organization would do that. Who knows with the Bears, right? Like this this Bears franchise has done crazy things before. They never align everything at once. Uh, you know, they, they don't seem to be able to make decisions in real time. Um, and they certainly don't seem to be able to stop someone and say, actually, Ryan, we want you to just sit on your hands here in this, this deadline period, because we want to make sure we're evaluating the whole organization after this, this unexpectedly bad year or something like that. I don't see George McCaskey or, you know, newly hired uh, Kevin Warren being able to have that conversation uh, because nothing in the history tells me that they have been willing to do uh, George McCaskey at least has been willing to do that. And so I don't think it means anything. That's my, that's my take. I don't think this move means anything to Ryan Poles' future. There's not a way to discern Ryan Poles' future out of this move. Right. If sweat signs and the extension is reasonable, doesn't reset the market or leapfrog next year's deals, um, all things that would upset agents around the league. Like if it's not one of those things, it's certainly a chip that he can bring to the bargaining table in whatever conversations he has with presumably Kevin Warren about, look, I bettered our team at the trade deadline this year, <laughs> not last year, but this year. Um, and that's certainly something the Bears needed. And when you are taking needs off the board, getting quality players, that's the goal of all teams. Doesn't matter whether it's free agency, the draft, undrafted, cut down day. There's a lot of times throughout the league calendar to improve your team. And you want to have sort of stakes in the fire every time because there are opportunities all the way along. Now, one of my beefs with polls is he seems to be all in on some opportunities and let the other ones go by the board. That bothers me a little bit. I prefer a more active style in a GM, but that's, that's a difference in style in the end. 
if Sweat signs, the contract's good, the Bears are better at a premium position than they were before the trade deadline, generally that's a plus for him. Does it mean he stays? Mm, no. The opposite, I will say, again, means he goes. Because if he loses Sweat with no extension after paying a second high second-round pick for him, top 40 pick, that to me is a very clear signal. You can't be trusted with all the assets you have worked so hard to amass. You got a lot of draft picks. You got a lot of capital still left in free agency next year. But I don't want you making those decisions if this is how you're going to spend them. That feels wasteful. And if I was Kevin Warren at that point, it would be a non-starter. You are done. We will find someone else. Oh, just uh, want to hit a question from the chat. Bears fan 131 says there's no way the bears don't extend him. It's kind of baffling. You all think he won't uh, considering the money they have. At what point did I say they won't, right? Like we're not making a determination of whether they will or won't because clearly they have the money to do this and clearly they should be doing this. The point is that other organizations would have already had this contract in place. For example, Atlanta had a contract structure in place. Like this is the example, like the other team that was bidding on Montez Sweat had a contract ready to go with him. The Bears didn't. That's that's the point. It's not a done deal. And until it is, we have to question this. If they get it done, great, fantastic. But why wasn't it done in advance of that trade? That's bad process. That's what people are talking. There's still a gamble element here. So that's what we're talking. About. Yeah, if he digs, if he doesn't like Say he just wants to drive the price up, and good for him. Players should get paid in this league. I yeah, fully absolutely. support. I'm always fully support. Always want the players to get their dollars. Say Montez Sweat says that's not enough dollars, and Ryan Pohl says you have to sign. Montez Sweat says no, I don't. Right. I can play my current contract, and then I can go be a free agent. And the Bears can do nothing about that except franchise tag him, which will piss him off. All of a sudden, you've gone from, hey, we got an asset and we made our team better to we've got a guy who's super grumpy, is going to do as little as possible and eventually try and shoot his way out of town because that's what happens in those situations. So, And, and you lose the ability to use that franchise tag on another player. 100%. Like, it, it's the only so, one, right? He can uh, just say, I'm going to make a stink and shoot my way out of town. And happened I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. And, or the Bears are forced to trade him away to somebody else for for lesser capital because they don't have the leverage. That happens too. We've seen we've seen organizations have to do that. Uh, and one more sweat question, and then we'll move on. Um, and this is actually just how a football question and how how he impacts the defensive line. So uh, the question is from at I'm Little John and says, how many snaps has Walker seen at defensive tackle versus defensive end? How has his productivity been at the two positions? Wondering if Sweat pushes Walker into more time at defensive tackle. Certainly, he's played that. Uh, you know, he, he's he's pushed down and, and played uh, three technique a little bit. I think that's probably a pretty good spot for him um, to to rotate in. And you know, certainly, you're trying to get your best pass rushers on on the field uh, at the same time. And you know, it'd be great to to see what that package looks like. You know, you've got Unique Ngakwe, who I know hasn't had much of a year so far uh but you know you put another uh, quality defensive end on this roster the other defensive ends have not been doing anything on the other side of unique so you put 
those two on the field together. Maybe you bump Walker down. Um, you know, maybe maybe uh, maybe get Dexter. You know, as your fourth guy, and maybe you got four guys that can maybe do something. Or B- Billings is a big dude. You know, I mean, he's he's got a little push too. Um, so I, I it it makes everybody better when you add. This is the best player on the defensive line. Like he's going to step in to to play this game on Sunday, and he's going to be the best player on the defensive line for the Bears. Like that's just a fact, right? So it makes everybody better because everybody just works down a notch, right? Yannick doesn't have to be the number one edge rusher. You know, he can be a little more situational, right? So it just kind of knocks everybody down on that notch. Um, So yeah, the defensive line is uh, from a football standpoint, it's going to be better for, for the bears. They are terrible right now. I mean, they have 10 (laughs) sacks. They had 20 all of last year. It's the worst in the league. Like they're five behind the next worst team. Like it's, it's a bad pass rush, so it can't get worse. And he's going to certainly make them better. Yeah. In terms of Walker specifically, he can float inside. I would want him floating inside on more nickel downs. And yes, nickel is the new base, uh, but I would want him rotating there. And where I think it gets really interesting is if you bring five defensive line packages, five twos, right? and play him with the other four. So you got Yannick, you got Justin Jones, you got Billings, presumably to have Walker again and then sweat on the edge. And you got five guys and it brings you flexibility. You're not dropping Billings into coverage, but the other four, you know, you've got some, you've got some decent, and you can bring all five of them. If you just want to blitz with five, you don't necessarily have to bring one of your backers, one of your DBs. And, that's five good players on the field that could add pressure in certain situations. I don't want to see that as their base defense, but I also don't have a lot of um, confidence in Fluce running that out because it's not something he does. He likes his four downs and you know, he we've seen more creativity in terms of blitzing DBs, some more twists and stunts certainly over the last three weeks, which is all great news, but I, I don't know that I could push him into the exotic land of a 5-2, although the players could put, you talk right. about putting your best five you know, on the field, this would be the defensive version of that. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that you were like, oh, he's starting to maybe run some games up front. He's starting to do some twists, and isn't that some, fun? Anything. Like, that should be like, you know, day two install. I mean, yeah, yeah. The fact that it's like week six, and we're like, oh, look. Something we should have seen in week one. Yeah. Uh, it's not high school football. If you don't, if they, these guys know what they're doing. You can install that right away. Like it just blows my mind how simple this off this defense has been. Uh, whole year. Anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, let's let's talk about Jalen Johnson a little bit. So uh, the negotiations. Okay, first of all, Jalen Johnson was my top priority to try to get an extension this offseason. They use that they. Only signed one player to an extension. That's Cole Komet. Okay, fine, whatever. We ha- we've talked about Cole Komet at nauseum. Jalen Johnson was my guy. I think he's a really good corner. I think it's a guy you can build around. I know he's had some shoulder issues, but I really like him. He's played really well this year. Really mm-hmm. well this year. And so that price tag keeps going up, right? Now, and he, he wants that security. He wants that money. Um, apparently, they're at least some distance apart. In, in their negotiations. And so towards the trade deadline, his camp asked for uh, a trade. Ryan Pohl said, okay, go, go search for it. And uh, there was a multiple suitors that, that were interested in him, but were not willing to meet the bears price, which 
rumors were, you know, second round or day two picks kind of thing, you know, either multiple threes or, uh, you know, higher two or something like that. No one can really get there. So Jalen Johnson is still a Chicago bear. There's still at least some feeling that uh, the Chicago bears want to sign Jalen Johnson to an extension and they will continue to work at that. Um, I mean, I'm happy they didn't trade him because that gives me hope that they can, they can sign an extension and bring him back. But Again, adding in a guy like Sweat without the contract, now you don't have the franchise tag as a tool for both of them. So you really do need to get this figured out here. You got to at least sign one of them and hopefully both of them because letting one of these guys go for nothing is going to do you absolutely no good. Everybody says, well, you'll just get a comp pick. No, you won't. You've got all of this free agent money that you're probably going to go spend on a lot of players to fill holes. You're not going to you're not going to be uh, a team that just sits back and lets their talent go this year. You're going to be a team that accumulates free agent talent. So it's going to knock each knock anything you leave, you let leave out. Uh, and so you won't be eligible for, for any comp picks. So, so that's not really part of this consideration either. So for me, I would like to see the bears sign both of these players to an extension, you know, during the year, if possible, and not let this drag out. Um, but where are you at with the whole Jalen Johnson saga and the comments that he's made and um, the, the way that this negotiation, this negotiation has been handled? You know, I'm going to say that I support Jalen's right to try and get paid at a level that he thinks is commensurate with his skills, because this is a market based economy and players careers are short. And I'm I'm typically not going to side with ownership against players um that's siding with billionaires against millionaires uh, you know it's all a lot of money jalen's been a great player you know that i was a huge fan of his coming out of utah uh, we talked about him in the pre-draft lead up the bears then drafted him and he was good <laughs> that's mm -hmm. a rare trifecta of a guy loved in the draft being drafted by the team that i root for and panning out right usually you get one Sometimes two, very rarely three. Got all three. He's been a very good player. The best player in a talented secondary uh, for the Bears when he's been on the field. And he's been on the field, I think, more than we think. We say injury and shoulder, and there have been a lot of threats of, oh, if it gets bad, he won't. If you look at his games played, he's been pretty darn reliable, uh, even by sort of wider NFL rates. He hasn't missed that many games. And when he's been out there, he's been a difference maker. As such, I believe he gets to get paid. There have been a lot of, there's just been a lot of stuff, a lot of static, a lot of noise. And there always is around contract negotiations because they're much more public than they used to be. There are a lot of people out there saying he wants to reset the market. He's said, and his representation said very clearly several times now, we are not trying to reset the market. We realize that we are not the top cornerback in the league. We are in the top tier, but we are not talking about top 10 or maybe even top 20 money. So that gives them an envelope of what he would like and what the Bears would like. And it's maybe it definitely wasn't as close uh, as it needed to be to sign. But people thought it was like up here and down here. Oh, the Bears are being cheap. They got all this money. Why aren't they doing it? And what's he asking for top money for? He's not a top corner. I, I don't think any of that's real. And I try not to listen to it because everybody postures during contract negotiations the teams do it the agents do it the players do it like i'm with you 
bottom line, if they had signed Sweat and let Jalen go, it would have seemed like a zero-sum game. Like, well, it got better pass rush, but now who's going to cover? Because you got two rookie corners, one of whom's currently injured, and one of them who's been a flag magnet. Like, might get better later. I, I believe Stevenson has more potential than he showed, but right now he is still in the adjustment phase. He is not somebody you can just lock up and count on for another team's top receiver. So where's your coverage going to come from, even if your pass rush gets better? Always wanted them to keep both. It looked for a while there like they were going to lose Jalen. Uh, Buffalo Bills are very, very interested. Sounds like they're going to put Kyrie Elam with his ankle on IR. They're a little banged up at corner. They're a team ready to make a run, and they wanted him. Uh, they balked at his price tag, and that price tag was set by the Bears. That would be the trade compensation price tag, not the not the money contract price tag piece. Um, I think what worked out is really good for everybody. Cooler heads are going to prevail. He can't go anywhere. He's here for the rest of the season. He might as well listen. If he sees improvement in the pass rush, that makes his job as a coverage defender easier. If he can see a path forward, and this is for both him and Montez Sweat, part of the reason that their representation is hesitant to sign with the bears is not the money. The bears have plenty of money. That's not the issue. Mm -hmm. It's what the hell's going to happen. Who's going to be the coach. Do I fit with their system? You know, why would I want to lock up here long-term when there is uh, a lot of uncertainty about who's going to coach me? Do you have a quarterback? Are you sure of that? Are you going to keep them? Are you going to draft a new one? Are we starting over? Like there is just not, a unified organizational direction where I feel like a guy like Ryan Poles can sit down and say, this is the plan. This is where you fit in. This is where we see you. This is the amount we're willing to spend because of that. Here's where we're going to spend the rest of the money. Like, you know, here's how the road lays out in front of you. I feel like the road goes to the end of the season and then there's just a big question mark. So if I was a player, I too would be wary of locking up for three, four years regardless of the money, because those three, four years might be completely burned. Yeah, absolutely. And we got a, another comment from, from Eric and he said that uh, our friend Greg Gabriel uh, said that he heard he was asking for the same contract as Diggs. Okay. Like from what I understand, well, first of all, it's a Dallas contract. So Dallas likes to, <laughs> everything's bigger in Texas, right? Yes. If you do. actually go look at the Dallas contracts, they really like to promote these really long-term contracts. Like, so there's usually more years on the Dallas contracts. And so that makes the, the big number bigger, right? The total contract value bigger. But if you talk to any of these cap guys, like our friend Brad Spielberger, they don't really care about, the total number the total number is kind of meaningless the total number is allows the teams to kind of play games with the cap and kind of push things off into the future the the guaranteed number is what's important and how many years of guarantee that really shows so you know oh the first two years of the contract are guaranteed the rest of it's just fluff they could cut that player after two years and then the rest of it's just you know accounting game right and so the digs contract from what i understand isn't actually that impressive when you look at it from the guarantees standpoint and you know, it's very similar to something like uh, uh Tredavious white's contract in Buffalo, but that's not as showy as the Diggs contract. Right. So I think that the dig don't be fooled by the total contract value number. That's what Dallas wants you to think, because again, 
it's Dallas and everything's bigger in Texas, right? So I, I think that it's 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 important to listen to people like our friend Brad, who really know this stuff really well and and talk about things apples to apples and try to cut cut through all of the noise. Um, but from what I understand, if, if he really wanted the Diggs contract, I just that's not the structure that the Bears have used. So that's that's not going to happen. But if he's looking for the value of the Diggs contract, sure, I'm fine with it. I think he's a really good football player. He's a different yeah. football player than Diggs, but who cares? Diggs Diggs is a gambler. Like he's 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 a different kind of player. Uh, Jalen is a is a, to me he's more sound. He just doesn't hasn't had the interception luck up to this point in his career. But he's more to me he's more sound in coverage, and I would rather have that anyway. So if that's what he wants, something of uh, you know when you go apples to apples with a similar contract, yeah, I'd sign that. I'd give him that. Yeah, he's worth it. Uh, when you look at the guarantee money for Diggs and the way you could structure it, it would the Bears could easily fit it. He would have to be happy with largely the guarantee. I don't think I tend to think most players, and this might be an overestimation, but I tend to think most players see through a lot of that or their their representation helps them see through a lot of that. Um, and say, no, no, it's it's not 112 million, it's 38. Like 38 in hand or a promise of 112 you'll never make like you pay. Right. Um, right. So I want to see him stay in Chicago. He's played very well. He could be an anchor for that secondary. You need coverage and pass rush. You need both. And if you're trading one part away to kind of get the other, or at least the optics of it being on the same day, like you're spinning your wheels. You're, you're objectively not a lot better, maybe slightly, but only slightly. You need both. literally the, Phrase to use is robbing Peter to pay Paul, right? Is <laughs> that exactly what that phrase is for? Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's it. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it's a, it doesn't really help you in the long term. Um, okay, let's uh, let's let's take a quick break. On the other side of this, um, we'll we'll take a few more questions and we'll talk about a little bit of drama. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about the other thing that happened today, which was the Chicago Bears uh, informed the world that they have let go of another coach. So their running backs coach, uh, I'm looking it up to make sure I don't, I, I didn't know who this, this was a human person before today, but David Walker uh, is now no longer employed by the Chicago Bears sort of workforce behavior uh, issue. So second time that the Bears have lost a coach for unknown reasons. You know, we're not going to know this story. Uh, I think we'll eventually know the Alan Williams story, but it's going to be a while before those proceedings probably take place to uh, allow us all of the information there. But here's the thing. This is a culture coach. This is the coach that you hired because you liked the culture that he was going to build. And now you have two coaches in the first half of the season dismissed for separate issues according to the the reporting today 
what the hell's going on around here to steal a, a Vince Lombardi quote? Once in a season is a lot for any team. This does happen around the NFL. Guys get let go for multiple reasons that don't really have anything to do with football. Guys get released for a wide range of things. Drunk driving, stuff that's going on at home, you know, stuff in their personal life, liabilities in their finances. There's a there's a million reasons why coaches get let go. If you have more than one of those in a team for a team during a season, it's a lot. Like one is like, whoa. Two is like, well, okay, huh? Now, sure, bad luck seems to come in bunches. I wish good luck seemed to for the Bears. It doesn't. This coaching staff in general is is treading water in a lot of ways. Like the defense has gotten better under Eberflus, but it's a little better and it's taken a long time. That's that's not a formula for NFL success, nor is it a really good reason to keep a coach around. Like, oh, what are we missing out on if we let Flus go? Our defense got, you know, incrementally better over like seven weeks. Like not not great. Other places on the roster, it's been very hard to evaluate talent. The offensive side of the football, like the plan looked horrendous for the first month in general, all of it. Offensive line, there was nothing to hang your hat on. So again, players are players aren't stupid. They're looking at this and they're going, if I'm a you know, name the position, it doesn't matter. If I'm an offensive lineman and I go to the Bears, like I'm gonna be playing in a rotating carousel the guy next to me on one side or the other is going to be different every week. My chances for sort of locking in and having success are lower. If I'm a receiver, I don't know who's playing quarterback and boy, some of the past concepts they ran out in the first month, it was really hit and miss. There were some hits that didn't get hit because of quarterback play as a receiver. That all trickles down to me. It doesn't matter whether the plan's bad from the coach or the throws bad from the quarterback like i'm not getting my stats why would i go there as a receiver like and the defense like wow man they play a really vanilla defense they're not putting their guys in a position to succeed with the skills they have why would i want to go there if i'm a young player how many guys have the bears drafted and truly developed like jalen i think was really good and he got a little bit of time under Desai, like and he has developed some how much of that would i put on coaching i i don't know a little bit but like i would say he's the exception i'd say that chicago has drafted way more players that have not developed a great deal or have completely washed out and really aren't even even in the league anymore so again why would i want to go to chicago as a player as a young player as a veteran player um why would I be looking at that opportunity as a coach other than, hey, if they're just going to give it to me and it's a level up, like, sure, I'll take the promotion and and hope that I can change history, quite frankly, at this point. It's a difficult situation, and it's there isn't a snap finger fix for any of it. And that's, I think, probably the most disappointing thing is like, oh, well, what could turn this franchise around? And you can throw some darts at the wall, say, hey, a really quality quarterback that played really well from the jump. 
Well, that requires some things that I don't necessarily think are in place. So yeah, you could say that, but is it realistic? Look, it's possible, but what you're going to need to do is get multiple hits that are difficult to get at the same time. Even if you keep polls, you're going to change presumably your coaching staff. That's starting over for everybody. Roster turnover when a coach comes is somewhere on the order of 50 to 65% within the first 18 months. I mean, do the math on a 53 man roster. It means there's going to be like <laughs> 18 guys hanging around maybe from this team. So all of that is a lot of churn and you need to hit on a quarterback and a coach and an offensive coordinator. And those three sort of have to bond and get some traction. And that has been, an impossible goal in Chicago for a long time. So if I'm betting on Chicago as an outside player, I'm telling my representation, hey, man, their offer's got to be like 15% better than anybody else's, or I'm not going there. Yeah, that's why you At, saw Jacksonville. Tax years yeah. ago, tax, Jacksonville would, would have to, they'd sign all these giant contracts to players because it's the only way they could get them to come because they no one's going to yeah. sign yeah, them. Yeah, to overpay they, them. Yeah, they're like, okay, well, I guess I'll make it, you know, at some point, that's what it comes down to for some of these guys is like, you know, do I want to go to a competitor? Do I want to go to play for this coach? Because I really think he'll use me right. I'll develop or, you know, I can make some coin, right? And different guys make different decisions for different reasons. And and none of them are wrong. But, you know, you're, you you may be in that situation if you're the Bears, that you're going to have to be the team that tries to overpay. So it's great that you got this treasure chests that you've built up for free agency money but if you've built an environment where it's not attractive you are paying more for those players and then if your you know your principles are well i'm not going to overpay for for players then you're just not going to get them right so then you're going to be in this situation where like i got to spend this money somehow and then that's how you spend a bunch of money on you know an inside linebacker after you just traded one away right the better player away so uh, we, we did get a lot of questions about, you know, can flu save his job? Is this, does these moves save his job? Anything like that? I don't see how you bring Avery Flus back. I just do not see it. The, all of the dysfunction, bad product on the field, you know, I, people say, well, you can't, you can't judge him for last year. No, you can't uh, hold it against the record against him last year, but you put more talent in front of him this year. And then all of the dysfunction, like you, you cannot bring that back. And as a fan base, I don't, I don't think the, I think the fan base will revolt. The fan base is disappearing. Uh, first of all, <laughs> like the, there's fewer, fewer of you are tuning in every week, uh, right. To talk, to talk about bear stuff. And I get it. You're protecting your mentals, but the, 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 the idea of bringing this group back seems so impossible to me. Like, I just don't see I don't see how the Bears can win a lot of games down the stretch in the second half, but I also don't see how it could save Eberflus at this point. Like I just don't, I just don't see it because of all of the other stuff that's crashing down around him. You got to think about the optics of the larger team off the field. We we spend a lot of time talking about the team on the field. That's what we do here. That's that's what this podcast is about. We we branch out into some other issues occasionally, stadium, uh, you know, state of the bears versus the rest of the league, whatever else. But like as an organization, 
head coaches represent all of that. They represent your saleability to other communities as you're looking at stadium issues. They look at your representation within the league as a destination. Um, they, you know, it's quite frankly, pride and sort of bragging rights against other owners, right? This is how this billionaire boys club goes and rubs shoulders and said, I want a bunch and you didn't like, you have to have all of that considered and you also have to sell tickets, right? You've got to sell tickets to the person who is scraping, quite frankly, to put that money together if they're not corporate tickets, because they're expensive. <laughs> like they're really expensive and there's a long wait for them, which is surprising, but still true. And you Most cannot and you cannot sell those tickets based on Hey, we sucked last year and we got the same thing. Come see running it back. Yeah. I, I had a friend yesterday, uh, another NFL analyst, and we were going back and forth in the DMS about largely the Jalen Johnson stuff. Uh, it was before the Montez sweat stuff. And I was just like, man, I, oof, I can't. And his response was two emojis, the clown and the big tent. Right. And I said, yeah. And the difference is I would pay money to see the circus right now. Mm -hmm. Like that's yep. entertaining. This is this not is my this point. Is, this is just silly. So if you're going to bring flus back, you have to think about all those larger issues that are all in play for the bears right now. Everything I mentioned is, is solidly in the sights of what a head coach touches or influences. And there just isn't a way, even if you just base it on the ticket one to say, Oh yeah, buy these tickets because you know we were hot garbage last year. We're going to serve you a lot more hot garbage, like it, it, you know. Eventually, and God, it's been a long time, but eventually, people will be like, "Forget it," like, "No, you're garbage." I I said the same thing on Twitter this morning. I said, and I've said it many times in the past: if you're going to be bad, at least be entertaining. But sure. I didn't sign up for like a Dateline report. That's not entertaining to me. That, and that's what this team is right now. It looks like it's heading to some sort of like investigation that I'm going to watch like, you know, in May. <laughs> right. 30 like, for 30 know, on the yeah, Bears. Well, kind of a 30 for 30, but more like a Dateline report, like, you know, investigative journalism report of like the dysfunction at Hallis Hall. Right. That, that doesn't that's not my idea of entertaining. Like do something interesting on the field like, oh, we can't compete in this way so we're rolling out this new kind of offense where we you know we're, we're we're playing with motion like no one else like be interesting you know that that's what develop, i'm develop develop your own talent right there's a lot oh, of that'd, teams. Be, that'd be a nice change wouldn't that be cool like that that's what cool. good teams do but there's a game this weekend between two teams that ostensibly they're not going to win anything this year but we picked it as one of our five games on bootleg profile because it's going to be an interesting game and it's evenly matched and there's something going on on both sides it's texans bucks Two teams that before the season, people were like, yeah, like, forget it. And it's actually going to be an interesting game. Like Baker Mayfield's playing pretty solid football and, and D'Amico Ryans has the Texans young talent charged up and they're probably going to kind of meet in the middle. This is going to be a, this is going to be a contest. It's going to be interesting to watch. So back to your point, neither one of those teams is going to be in it at the end and both of their fan bases know it, but they're both going to be like, we got a young quarterback. Oh yeah. Well, we got a really cool young defensive lineman. Like let's see them chase each other all day. Like, yeah, that's cool. You go into a bears game and it's like, uh, please don't screw it up. Like, please don't embarrass me. That is, yeah, that is mostly again, what I think again. Right. Which, you know, has not worked out so far this year. No. Uh, I, yeah. Um, 
Texans are on my list though because they lost to the Panthers last week. That's not cool. Uh, they, that that was that oh, was. Okay. I was that driving all day you. and I looked at my that phone. That hurts you like, deeply. You've got to be kidding me, right? Like hey, I, I just, just got to get his. I mean, he's been slaving away. Like he's got to. Uh, it was rough. All right, so uh, our, our guy Andrew, who I watched a game with, and you were noticeably absent in in New York City. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Met his dog, who he named Peanut. Yes, I'm aware. Amazing. I've seen pictures. Well, it it uh, did not disappoint. Uh, the the Doc Dotson dog, very nice. Um, anyway, he asks thoughts on the Harbaugh rumors. Mm. Uh, structure of Jim style coach reporting into Warren seems to make more sense than the current three headed mon- monster. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, you know, first I, of all, Warren would know Harbaugh pretty well because he was the Big Ten commissioner. So, so and they don't that. like each. And they don't like each. And other. I've heard that they don't like each other. So, so they don't like. But Jim other. Harbaugh's name will always come up um, for a Bears job because one Harbaugh's Harbaugh is what he is. He's a force. Right, I think he's best served to be in college because he's a. I think he's a college coach, and I think he rubs players the wrong way after too long, and generally can't treat professional athletes the same way that you treat collegiate athletes. Uh, there's there's just a wear out period there, and so I, I don't. There's not a lot of guys that can be successful at both. Like Pete Carroll was kind of the exception to that, and Pete Carroll's kind of a one of one. He's kind of a like a interesting dude, and in that he's just laid back and like, and he's morphed a lot he's changed yeah. very much from uh, well all of his stops he's he's adapted and i would say he's more adaptable than a lot of coaches which is why he's been able to thrive in both environments right so uh i guess i don't i wouldn't be i wouldn't be worried if you are like an anti-harbaugh person and don't want him here because i don't i don't think that'll happen um i also just wouldn't be um uh, I wouldn't be cheering. For, I wouldn't be putting any money on it if you're trying to guess who the next Bears coach is. I just don't see this. Um, could be wrong, but I just I just don't see it. There are a lot of links that make it possible. There are also a lot of things I think make it unlikely. One is the relationship with Warren. It was testy at best to make that guy your kind of one and only boss is is a stretch, but people have done certainly more for less. The other one is Harbaugh is not a spring chicken anymore. And he really wants to go to the West coast. He wants to be in Cali. And if the, I almost said San Diego, if the chargers job opens up, he, that's where I would look for him to show. And I think they need a tone setter. Like they have not been able to, kind of just hold the line on both sides of the ball. Harbaugh is actually very good at that. So it would be a match of the program he brings, the place he wants to be. The money might not be there. Uh, the Chargers ownership is notably not free. Uh, How much money, money do you really need? Well, I you know, I think if you get to live on the beach, probably not as much. There's been some talk about Vegas. I actually love the Vegas connection because they too need, I think some of the culture that Harbaugh. Well, they keep paying money to a lot of people, but that money's uh, out the door. That money's already spent. uh, (laughs) Yeah. They're currently paying two coaches to not coach the team, but it would be interesting um, 
Davis does seem to be able, and look, they, you know, they got the Super Bowl coming this year. They got a brand new stadium. They lead the league in ticket revenue because of Allegiant. Like, there's money there. Um, I mean, you know. he just he's just gonna have to save money in other ways. Probably gonna have to cut back on the haircuts. <laughs> uh, so I would think Harbaugh might go to a couple of other spots. He's always gonna be linked to the Bears. I'm never gonna say no. He's not my first choice for a couple of different reasons, but the pull for him is stronger elsewhere for other reasons. Yep, I agree. Uh, let's do one more, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put up the question from the boss man. I don't think we have to have like a a full answer. I, I just want to work through this with you. Sure. Uh, so this is uh, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. He is at Wiltfong Jr. Um, on the Twitter machine. He says, rank the top five current most talented Bears mm -hmm. and the likelihood that they will still be Bears in 2024. Okay, so let's just say five-ish, right? Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that DJ Moore is in the top five. Would you agree? Yes, I would he, agree. Hundred percent. He's in my top five. Yep. Hundred percent will still be on the Bears next year. I don't see any any possible way that he's not. You agree? Mm -hmm. Okay, I agree. All right, so that's that's one. Yep. Now, now I think you you start to have different questions, right? <laughs> uh, because that's so bad. Let me just say, well, when we get yeah. one guy into a fifty-three man roster, and we're like, and now the argument starts. Like, I well, I think that it's it's a fair place to just like, okay, hold on, let's let's have an argument. Um, number two, most talented player. Okay. I'm I'm gonna say it's it's either Darnell Wright or it's Jalen Johnson. That's where I'm. Well, at. I'm just gonna stay on the offensive side because I'm gonna kind of look at this as offense and defense, and I'll go Darnell Wright with you. Okay. He's shown he's shown really solid improvement. I think all the flashes that we've needed to see, obviously injury and all the chaos around him, which is especially important and disruptive on the offensive line. I. And I, this is the complete broken record. I would like to see some stability on the Bears offensive line for multiple reasons, but one key one being, hey, it looks like you finally got a piece. Like your history with drafting tackles has been up high, has been really sketch. And looks it looks like you finally got one. Yeah. Let's yeah. give him all the support he needs because he's buried some dudes this year. Yeah. He like, looks good. He looks good. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So DJ Moore, Darnell Wright. Uh, who, who else you got? I'll just, I'll kick it to you. I'll, I'll pivot to the defense at this point because okay. I think okay. there's other offensive players we could talk about, but I don't think they're necessarily in the top five conversation. Okay. Um, Montez Sweat is now bare, so he's on the list. Like, yep. Right. He, okay. He becomes a top five player uh, as a bear. The likelihood he's going to be on the team next year. Um. I hope it's somewhere near 100%. I hope tomorrow we hear, no, right. no, relax. We got it. It's signed. He's here. Whatever your deal, commensurate with where it should be, like, nice. And look, there will be sticker shock. I'll just tell you all right now. You'll be like, oh, my God. And then a year and a half from now, you'll be like, oh, that's kind of a deal. Like, that's always the way it works. It's expensive with that dressers. I hope it's way up near 100. I have to say, after comments today, 80 
85. Like, I think there's a way that he could leverage his way out. I hope it doesn't happen. It's either way, it's pretty good. I mean, if you're talking about 85 to 100 as the range, it's pretty darn likely he's a bear next year. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably say 95% just because I, you still have the tools because you're super hopeful. <laughs> no, I'm not super hopeful, but I mean, I, this, this team killed me long ago. I, that's, that's out the door, but like the, you, you have the tag like, mm-hmm. and, and so, and, and you're going to use the tag on this guy first. Sure. So mm-hmm. it just seems to me like there's, it's very low, like something happens where, you know, he really like does not mix here and he, he, he wants to get it, get out and, the, and they, find a way to move him like that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm thinking, but you know, I think it's 95% next, next year. Yes. Now again, the, the question of the long term, I think that number is lower and that bothers me. Right. Okay. So that's three to me. Then, then I think you have to say Jalen. Yep. I would agree. Okay. So percentage on Jalen is much lower and it's much lower because of sweat coming in and not having a deal yet. Now, if you sign him, then that, that number is going to rise, but for me, I'm going to say something like 60%. Yeah, I okay. think that's fair. I hope it's higher again. We both right. do. Um, we really believe in his importance within this defense and to this organization as a player. So we would hope just as fans that it's higher. But I think 60, 65% is, is a reasonable number. The Bears have the ability. Maybe he sees that they're investing into pass rush, which again makes his job easier. And now, now it gets really interesting because I, I think you're either going on demonstrated ability, not necessarily name recognition, or you're sort of shooting for potential here. So if it's just talent, then you have to say Justin Fields because he is immensely talented. And I think that he is a talented, athletic human being, right? So if we're going to say that, then in the percentage that he's on this team next year, 25%. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but it's low. I actually right? wouldn't go with Justin Fields, not because yeah. I don't think he's talented. I think you, we have to at least have that conversation. Yeah. He's extre- he's extremely talented, right? Like You know, I believe that deeply right. and I believe he will succeed in the NFL. I don't believe that spot will be in Chicago. And I, I, I agree. that hurts my heart deeply, yep. like just on a personal basis. I really wish it was, and it could have been. Always remember that. It could have been. If different choices were made in the organization, he very well could have flourished here, and we could have been treated to his services in a Bears uniform long-term. I don't believe that's going to work out. There's just way too many arrows pointing the other way. He is very, very talented, but he has not realized his potential either. Like We've seen flashes, but in terms of, demonstrated ability to win as a quarterback like or play winning football i'll say because quarterback wins are not a stat um but you know it's up and down he has been wildly inconsistent for lots of different reasons some of them are his some of them are out of his control but if i'm looking at like who's a better football player at their position justin would not be in the conversation for five for me sure so the other names that come to mind, Tevin Jenkins. Tevin's the potential one. I was there are actually two for potential, and Tevin is the hey man. If that guy stays healthy and and gets right, and they leave him at right guard, he could be a top ten guard in the NFL, and that's not hyperbole. I'm I really like little Herbert. 
So I want to at least say that Herbert I like Herbert. Is, Herbert's great, but I think his game needs to be more well-rounded. I agree. Uh, and running but back, pure runner, amazing, super fungible. Uh, yeah, and I, I kind of wonder. <laughs> I, I don't know. I hope the running backs coach was a really good running backs coach because people can be really good at their jobs and and just not be good at things outside of that you know good professionals good humans whatever like it's possible i hope he was a good running back coach because man it's a really good running back room and it felt like you know injuries one thing but it kind of felt like it was underperforming a little bit the foreman has actually played really well so like i herbert was good when he he herbert was good before he got before he got hurt and we knew he was good coming into this year so again we'll see um herbert's in the mention i've got it my guy's andrew billings i've got to say well okay Andrew billings is a really good football player really good football player really good football player you know when i when i when i saw talented i i I was thinking you know that drives me more for like the young talent that you want to potential yeah yeah really good football player i you know on the defensive side, on the offensive side, we already named Tevin. He was my guy yep. there. On the defensive side, it's Jaquan Brisker. Okay. All like, right, there you Brisker, go. Brisker has shown, even in his rookie year, that he could be a top player at his position. Now, he's struggled mightily with health this year. He's got some weird stuff going on right now. We should mention that with concussions. Yeah. Uh, I would say atypical concussion symptoms, which are always going to kind of raise right. my radar up. That's... First thing for him is is personal health, like player health is is the biggest thing for him. But you know, sort of regardless, almost very much like the Tevin, you know, conversation, but on the defensive side of the ball, wildly talented, already proved that last year, got to stay healthy and on the field. And if he does, could be a top player at his position. So those are the kind of like, hey, if you're betting on futures pieces, it's Tevin or Jaquan Brisker. If you're saying like right now, who's top five football player on this team in terms of being good at his job like andrew billings i think has to be in that conversation he's a really good football player he's a really good football player now in terms of the lesser's question of percentage all those guys should be on the team next year um you know just rookie contracts and and all that no one's they're not gonna somehow push herbert off the roster they're not gonna and now i know that this gm didn't draft tevin jenkins they don't necessarily love him they've moved him around i think when he's played he's proven that he's certainly one of the best offensive linemen that they have they need to keep him uh so i I don't see them pushing tevin off of the roster uh next year either so uh billings would be the guy right like he's not he's on a one-year deal i think so that would be the question mark there i I actually think the percentage is probably pretty low because somebody's going to see his play and they're probably going to make an offer the bears are going to have to compete they could bring him back certainly but i i uh i think that he'll be at least in somewhat demand yeah he'll be in back here that's the other thing is once he has the choice to, and he's seen how the sausage gets made, does he want to be part of that? Um, and if he does, uh, you know, he likes the guys he plays with and he thinks he has a good potential to play here. Like DT contracts for guys like Billings don't break the bank. They're second. Oh, of course contracts. not. Right. Um, so they could very well with the cash they have still afford him if he wants to be here. And I would recommend that. I would say another at his age, it's a high wear position, but two year deal would be fine. Right. And you could give him some guaranteed money to make that a little bit sweeter. He has demonstrated that he will put it on the line and that he is effective when he does so. He'll do it now. Why yeah. not? It'll be cheaper. <laughs> if he's so. willing to, it'd be cheaper for a two year deal. I'd be fine or a two year extension. So you get him for two more after this season. Like I would be fine with that. 
Like, I think that's actually a pretty good use of their money. I have not done a great job this season of circling back to the beverages. Ah, uh, you have been off. leaving the beverages out to dry. I have been, I have heard complaints. People have been coming after me on Twitter for saying, what did you think of the drink that you brought on? So did you, did you find you my burger account? No. Yeah. Well, one of them, I mean. <laughs> one of them. Uh, all right. Uh, Fremont blue, uh, Fremont brewing right up in Seattle. Uh, blue is their new pale ale. Um, 5.5 by volume. So very drinkable, like a lot of pails, a lot of body, um, a lot of flavor, a little bit of a copper color to it. Um, if you haven't tried a pail in the last like five years, give it another try. Um, pails have come a long way. It's kind of, they were a completely like underserved subset of beer. Like very few people made them for a while. And if they did, they were extremely plain. It was like the rule. Oh, you're making a pail. It has to be plain. And then people said, well, we, you know, in terms of like, the way we brew this logistically, there's some room to play here. And people started to put flavor into them. Um, great offering. Really like it. I've got five more of these. Uh, they will not last terribly long. They're very easy to drink. Um, and again, you're not going to get, you know, super loaded off 5.5%. Great flavor. Love it. Uh, so I, if you have a liquor store that buys a single barrel and sells this, because I think this is probably the only way you're going to find it. It's very tough to find 1792 foolproof just on the shelf. If you see it and it's not like marked up, a lot of liquor stores are marked up. Um, if you see it and it's not marked up, grab it. But if particularly if you hear a liquor store doing a single barrel program thing, buy it. It's really good. It's this is like traditional bourbon flavors right like you're not getting anything crazy off of sure. it and maybe that's why 1792 isn't talked about much because it's kind of like straight down the middle <laughs> but it's really good and it is um i mean it's 125 proof so you know it's not messing around um i've i've taken my time because i've learned over the years that if i if i go <laughs> a little too quick on the bourbon by the end of the go right at it I'm able to finish the episode all that clearly so uh it, it definitely packs a punch it's a very good pour um if this was a bourbon that i could find all the time this would be one and for a, the right price you know again mm -hmm. not marked up this was 65 bucks if if i could find this this would always be on my shelf that's how i feel about it because it Ooh. is a very good offering this was it's right up there with you know, old force or 1920 and, you know, a couple other, uh, you know, Russell's reserve single barrel, like the, the ones that I can find that just, they're always on my shelf. This would, this would match it, but I can't find it all the time. So, mm -hmm. uh, it is a bit of a treat and, uh, it's nice if you can find it. So, well, yeah. I can, yeah. I have a place that I might be able to find it because I don't want to say my local liquor store. They're not super local. They're in Tacoma, which is close, but not certainly my closest. Um, there is a high-end liquor store that does not mark stuff up and is incredibly knowledgeable. And they just won um, like liquor retailer of the year for the country. Oh, wow. Was this yeah. the place you took me to? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, Corbic and Sons downtown. Imp impressive. Yeah. Well, tell so, them to go buy a barrel of this. I, so I imagine that they could... Uh, I. If anybody could find it, I bet they could. So, well, the single barrel program, like that's, you know, they have to buy the cases. Oh, I'm of sure. Where they pick a barrel and all that, but they're on it. It's worth I it. Bet. So, yep. I will uh, go all right. Tomorrow. We'll leave it there. Very busy, packed agenda today. So, you know, it's just the trade the, deadline stuff to this do. Is, this is the gift from 30 Rock, right? Like, wow, what a week. It's like, Lemon, it's only <laughs> Wednesday, right? Like, it was, <laughs> it's been packed. 
uh, with stuff yeah. to talk about. We appreciate everybody joining us live tonight. If you are listening to this, we appreciate that too. But if you want to join us live, uh, you know, it's eight o'clock central time every Wednesday. And if you want to just ask us a question, you can find us on Twitter um, and uh, ask away there and we'll try to work those in. That's that's the format of the show this year. We're about halfway done. And uh, crazy, crazy. Time flies. Time flies when you're talking about a dysfunctional team. So um, <laughs> enjoy enjoy this weekend. Uh, it's probably not going to be pretty uh, against the Saints, but you know, you never know. You Football. never know. You never know. So, all right, guys. Until next time. Thanks. Bear down. <laughs>